now the big thing I wanted to ask you, Tony, was in regards to your content production process. Yeah, I'm very up there. I'm also not afraid to say whatever the fuck comes to mind. So, like, fair enough, I'm probably not going to buy your coaching program or vice versa like you would buy. I want to see your life, what you're doing. It's like people wearing the nasal strips about it or wearing the... If you're an online coach looking to scale your online coaching business, we have got Tony McAleavely, I'm going to fucking hash that, who... <laughs> has been blowing up on Instagram. Uh, I got connected with in Dubai, who's phenomenal at making content, has a coaching business and also does business coaching as well. We've also done a killer podcast on our fitness show, The Shredder Show, going into mindset. Now, the big thing I wanted to ask you, Tony, was in regards to your content production process. Because looking at the way you film your content, and a lot of people mimic the wolf, which we'll come on to in a minute. Uh. <laughs> Sounds like a porn star. <laughs> a wish. <laughs> That's his next career. Um, how how does your content creation process actually look like Ooh. in terms of and I don't know if you ever talked about this on a podcast before but in terms of like idea creation the whole process to the production yeah perfect I'll dive into this I'll I've never actually discussed it like I've discussed it with clients before but like probably that detail so the most important I can do that better but to do with is initially I just get was like I don't want on like and I was like cause behind it so I'm like this so I'm like this isn't just posting that cannot happen because quality always wins so I think of the concept and then I'm like sometimes I'll go I'll just get the idea and I'll just go in and I'll just wing it and it'll go great sometimes you do that it goes to shit so what I normally have is a baseline script and I'll write it out and the most important parts are like the likes of your if you've got your hook you know, something that's going to entertain people and make them watch. And then naturally, one thing that me and Sean Casey talk about quite a lot, he's well worth a follow on this stuff, is that you need to give people a reason to watch. Like, it's not just as simple as, like, here's three tips how to grow your biceps anymore. That's not really enough. Like, it's it's the basis of it. So it's almost making the people watch to get the answer, to, to, to learn, like, take them on the explanation. The yeah, and it's really, really like that. And I find that the more that I do that, the more I throw in bits of humor, bits of me, then people connect more with me and they're more likely to follow. Whereas three tips for biceps, like I can get that off anyone, but like where are you going to get a joke? Somebody slagging themselves, slagging your mom. You, you learn who I am for the real. I'm very high energy. I'm very up there. I'm also not afraid to say whatever the fuck comes to mind. So it's like you not only get a bit of value, but you get entertainment. And I think that is what's really missing for content nowadays is like that whole side of things where YouTube has, like where people go for calorie challenges and Joe, it's, it's that whole dimension of like, how do you get, like, how do you turn your following more into a cult? And that's really what I'm about. And I, I, I don't want it to be where people that follow is like, they're just following. I want it to be like, so like when somebody writes to me and go, I'm a fan. I'm like, there's no such thing as a fan. I was like, you're a friend. Or you're part of the cult and I'm part of the pack, and I always say that. And people be like, "That's cheesy," and I'm like, "I don't want the following. I want. I would rather seven thousand people that are with me than a massive audience that aren't." And I think whenever you sort of cultivate that, you naturally sort like I polarize people massively because there's people's pages who literally are just based on giving me shit now, and that's fine. But it's one of them things of unless if you're beige, you attract nobody like i'd rather be like marmite and you do you will like me or you will fucking hate every inch of me and that's fine that's okay that's who i am but i find that that kicks people off the fence to buy or not buy from you and at least that way they're somewhere whereas all these people sitting in your algorithm not liking your content not commenting not hitting you up not messaging not talking about you they're ruining everything for you so for me it's like how do i 
polarize people and see if I throw out a reaction. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it on purpose. I'm just like, how do I get more of me across here that you either like me or not? It's like when you talk to somebody in person, they can't hide who they are. You like them or you're not. And that's the way that sort of works in my thought process. And so I always think, how's their value in this? Because you can't post shit. So the concept is the main thing. Like, what is the idea? What's the point of the video? Then I think, how do I make this entertaining that I don't give you all the answers within fucking 20 seconds? So like I filmed one in Coke Zero today and it was like, how Coke Zero is better for you than fucking water? And I was like, it's not really better for you than water, but I was like, it's probably better for you than water if you're craving food at night. It's better than Dubai tap water. Yeah, oh, fuck, definitely. I took that back. Yeah, don't. That would be a good video. Yeah, that would be good, except I fucking have to drink it. So I was like, right, what can I do here? And I was like, right, how, could, how do you make that interesting? I was like, right, how many tin, how many bottles of Coke makes, you know, gives you cancer or aspartamine or whatever the fuck. So I was like, right, aspartamine, 5,000 milligrams of aspartamine or whatever the fuck it was. It worked out 60 tins of Coke. You'd have to be drinking per day to get any aspartamine issues. So I was like, I'm going to order 60 tins of Coke. So I order them, and then that just adds, like, something to the video. You'll not see somebody else spend, I think it was, like, fucking 30-odd quid on fucking tins of Coke. And they wouldn't even give me them all. They'd give me seven-ups and random shit and all. But it's one of the things where it adds layers to the video where people are like, well, that person's talking about sitting in their house with one tin. This cunt's actually bought fucking 60 tins and standing there. And I'm juggling them and all. So it adds more layers to entertainment. Yeah, whereas, like... I always think, like, what is the content that bores me? And something me and Sean always says to me, and I always relate back to him, is, like, when you scroll, and I think this is really good, when you scroll and you stop at a video, watch the video, that's the, ask yourself why you stopped at that video. That gives you all your answers. Was it how you spoke? Was it the hook? Was it what's in the background? What was the thing that made you go and stop and watch it all? And then see if you don't watch it all. What made you flick? Was it because he kept the scene too long? It's like my editor has a standard operating procedure. And it's like must change, must change angle or zoom in and out every one point seven seconds. No more, no way you can get two seconds. So something needs to be changed. Now it's different if he's moving. That's fine. But if it's still, so shot, even if you're saying something one point seven seconds, he has to be moving right or zooming, zooming okay, in as you say. It. Yeah. So like, it's just I don't know why it's one point seven. It was like two seconds too long. And I checked all the reels I had that done well, and I noticed that even if I just same same video, I just zoom in and out every. If I'm talking for five seconds, I just zoom in once, zoom in out. I just notice. And is that in the editing or the way it's filmed? Uh, yeah, like it just depends on what way. It, it depends on what way the video is made. You know, like if it's if it's clipped like this and I'm talking, I'd be like every two seconds, every one point. Just if you've only got one clip, just zoom in and out, or make something happen, or drop the caption or change a cut. Just something. That's why you're seeing so much get out in now. You don't want it to be where it looks the same as everyone else's. And I think a lot of the time people are afraid to put in. People are afraid to be different, but it's the thing is, we're all presenting the same fucking shit. It's just, how do you be different? How do you... Stand out. Yeah, like, we're going to give the same bicep tips. We're going to... Like, you know the Spartan stuff, but I'm like, what makes my video better? What makes my video different? You you thought... You made me think of a really good idea, idea, but uh, I actually... It's ironic you said this, because I filmed a load of content this morning, and one of it was on popcorn, and, like, my girlfriend got, like, some popcorn from the cinema. I was like, that's not enough. So I literally went fucking... I, uh, actually, I was going to go on shop, and I found we had some, like, microwavable popcorn in my fucking cupboard that a friend had left there. Literally fucking microwaved all of it. So we got, like, fucking popcorn everywhere. And then, like, this is going to be fucking dope, because, like, as soon as you look at the camera, like, they're gonna, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I have this real thing of, like, when we were going... We, we made a reel with a croissant we were talking about in the last podcast. It was, like, £100 for a croissant. And I remember Joseph coming to me and going, like, are you sure you want to do it? It's like 100 quid. And I was like, yes, because see the fact you asked that, somebody else won't do it. And for me, I always double down. It's like, for example, like I would never have, if you asked me last year, the year before, never would I have paid for a videographer, 
flew him out to Dubai, lived with him, paid for all his food, covered him for his wage as well. Like that is, like that's thousands upon thousands. And I just thought, see, the whole time I was doing it now, and I find it so different because that's my mindset now. I'm like, somebody else won't do that. I'm like, so mine will go better. And I think this month, like, don't get me wrong, over the last day, since May 1st till today, I've gained 360,000 followers, roughly. So I've over three, four, four times, really, my, my following on Instagram. Facebook's 600k plus from zero, so it's all growing really fast. But the last month has been slow. But it's still 15,000 followers organically, and I'm like... Would I trade them followers for what I paid him? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, because it's worth that. Like, a couple sales covers that. And it's always the person who's willing to pay most for the customer is going to get them in the end. And it's one of the things where I also think about it very mission-focused now. I'm like, I'm paying this to help people. It's not just for me. It's like, I all that content's boring as fuck now. It's not entertaining. And entertainment is what's going to help people learn. It's like, whenever I say I do bro bob crunches and I go, think of getting your head, your tiny cock. Like... People be like, oh, that's a bit crude. But I'm like, I'll fucking remember that. Whereas if you tell me, crunch your pelvis to your chin, I'm like, fuck, that's boring as fucking shit. Like, whereas, Joe, adding a bit of spice just mm. makes it more me. So that's the way that sort of works, if that makes sense. What uh, what are you using to, to script stuff? Are you literally just writing notes oh, in your me. phone? Yeah, like I literally am like just... But you, I mean, are you writing and keeping your notes in your phone just going through it in the gym? So Yeah, so the way I work it is I'll get the concept and I'll make scripts or rough scripts if I'm feeling in flow, like people will know this, the film content. If I'm feeling in flow and I'm feeling fucking hot and I'm feeling like the king, I can look at the script and I'll just start spitballing and I know it goes well and it can take like five minutes to film real. The reason I have the script is in case you go into the gym and your head's not in it. And you're just like, I can't be fucked with this shit. Or you've got the energy, but you can't you can't you can't get, get the light. words out, yeah. Yeah, sometimes like I'd be sitting there being like, I need a joke. It's been like so like I'll be like, right, I need a hook, bit of information, bit of value, and I'll be like, It's too long, I need a joke. And that's when I'm standing in the gym then for about five minutes going, you're just trying to think of a joke. And, like, it's really tough when you have to think of a joke on the spot. So, like, it's one of them things where it's almost like a comedian have fallback material. And I'm like, right, well, this is easy. Throw in this. That's better. Whereas sometimes I'd be shooting them off the cuff and he'll turn around and go, that's way too many jokes. Like, you're literally, like, fucking just spitting them out here. Save these. So then I write it down. But, yeah, I have it in my phone notes. And I always just refer back if needed because you can end up getting lost or making it too long. And I make sure that it's all broken down into line by line. So, like, every time a sentence finishes, like, if I'm talking to you right now, it changes. And we change angle. We change something. So, it should be, like, that conversation and you refilm the next line. Yeah, so exactly. Line separately. Oh, absolutely. I just find that it's far more cut based then and there's no breaths. Well, you're, you're forcing the 1.7 seconds in as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, don't get me wrong, there's, sometimes it'll be longer, but that's how I would do that. And then I just make sure there's always somewhere where I'll say, you know, drop me a follow or there's a mom joke they're like sort of my signatures at the minute and then you'll notice that like depending on how the reaction is to them over the next like for example what I've noticed was initially when I started the the mom jokes which sounds ridiculous when I started that I was humping a bench in Hawaii and the video was done way worse and I was like wonder if I double up on the mom jokes will that make it better it didn't go I'm going to take them away I was I'm going to do two in a video and they started popping and I was like streams are doing more of them because people were like this is sad, how many videos, and the more hate I got, the more people saw it, and then more people actually liked it, which is very interesting, like my biggest performing videos, and the ones I've got the most, are the ones where, yes I've got the most love, but I've also got the most hate, and they're controversial, they're usually stuff I really believe in deeply, like you know, like body image or something like that, and it spikes up, so that's the way I work that process, and I just make sure I always try and 
I stand by the videos because I'm always like the main thing for me is that the message does, is right you're trying to get across does this help somebody in the, in the long run it doesn't have to help you it has to help the younger version of me that's what I'm focused on and in terms of content research what does that process look like in terms of for you to come up with ideas because I know that's one of the big things that people struggle with I would say most people struggle because they're shit coaches that don't know enough but like what's your framework look like for that first things client issues any client that asks you a question that's content because they're asking you to guarantee you Q&A's is another one as well I don't really like watching other people's content because you'll naturally start mimicking it you know, like if I was to watch your content I'd be like oh that's a good idea I would immediately without even thinking about it I'm already categorised to do it like you because I've watched it it's like trying to remake a movie it's yeah, like yeah, trying yeah. to remake fucking Wolf Wall Street after you watched it and make it completely different you don't It'll be the exact same movie because that's what's seeded in you. So an original idea is usually what bangs the most. And that's why I notice it's like, or even if you get an idea, it's like, how do I put my own spin this? Whereas you see people, they'll literally just take a script from a video that does well and then it never does as well for them because it's not original. It doesn't come across as authentic. And a lot of people are watching this going, uh, don't know about that. But you just see it because I've done that. I used to copy videos all the time over people. I used to use it word for word. I'd be like, this is going to go viral. It's literally a better video. It's just shorter more. And it does all right or they get a little bit of success and they think it's the holy grail and they just lose their whole identity in copying that other person because they've had some success uh, that for me is sort of the key it's like making sure it makes an impact and it makes a difference more than anything because then at least if the video does shit you're like well fuck me at least i'm helping somebody Joe. You know, at least it's not complete wank whereas if you post just for views and likes and it does shit you look like a belly and like you sold your soul right you, oh, so, I've done that you oh, so like it's, it's yeah and the thing is you, you, the more vision and mission focus you get naturally the more you just it just starts clicking into place that's the one thing I noticed since last year when I had personal issues and everything I just realigned my vision my mission my values I'm really lacked in that and then funniest thing is the more I've just done me and took the pressure off and been who I am and like the wolf thing and all like people be like oh this is made up that comes from Anybody that knows my, like, very few people will know this, is, like, I have a tiny mini palm at home. It's, like, the, it's, the, it's literally the size of my shoe. And it does this weird howling noise. And I always call it the little wolf. And then I slap my chest, and I always go, let the big wolf show you how to howl. And I'll howl back in its little face. And my ones always laugh then and be like, well, what do you have? Joe, it's like a family joke. And I done that in one video in Mexico because I hadn't seen my mom in, like, two months. And I howled in a reel, and I goes, did you watch that one? She goes, yeah, I saw the howl. And she sent me back a video of the dog howling. And see, since that video, everybody just calls me Wolf. And it's like, I done that for my mum. And the funniest thing is, it's such a cool nickname. It's like a nickname you always want. Yeah. It's not like a kid in secondary school. Whereas, like, it would never stick otherwise. But it was just like, somebody wrote back going, there's the big bad wolf. And then literally, I howled in the next video, and it just snowballed. And the funniest thing is, like, the more you are just... You you become that person, right? Yeah, and people are like, oh, but I'm born. Then, then you're not born. To somebody, you're going to be... Great who you want to be. Yeah, like, really good example is, like, a lot of people are like, oh, Joe, Casey's, Sean Casey's content is very monotone. It's him, and it fucking works because it just comes across, like, it's just so him. It's just so natural. It's like, when you see somebody and you're like, oh, that's who they really are. It's like, your content of mine, like, if you replicate mine, no straight away, vice versa. You just you oh, see for it. You see for it so clearly. And I, I think people forget, like, your your audience is smart like like they're not thick they're seeing you and they're seeing all the over fitness stuff like so it's it's like one of the things where sometimes i think coaches can get a wee bit ahead and be like oh this is me being really smart but they're seeing the same shit so it's trying to make a difference that's why like even with the content process now i sat down and i think taking that external viewpoint like you can't read the label of the bottle when you're inside the bottle it's really important to take downtime 
and reflect on it. And that's why I was doing my content. When it slowed down there, I was like, how do I spice this up? How do I make it better? And it's not just going, whose Instagram reels are doing well? I was going, what's the next steps for content? And I was like, wonder can I condense calorie challenges on YouTube during them big long videos into reels and get value in them? So we went and done the Matilda cake and I talk about calorie banking as I'm eating it. So you've got a good hook. I'm going to eat a 3,000 calorie cake. You've got me constantly doing something to order. And you're wondering what the cake. You're wondering what the cake looks like throughout the entire video. It comes out, and I'm like, "Oh, I calorie bank this." So it's telling you how to live a good life. It's telling you how to go out for a meal. It's also got a hook, but it's also condensing one of them mad eating challenges. Uh, it's interesting, right? Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, that's why we done the ten thousand calorie croissant because I was like, nobody else is doing this. It's condensing one of these that would be a thirty minute YouTube video into a reel. I'm like, wonder how that'll do. And if that takes off, it's like a new style. Uh, of content. Would do. I, I posted a video eating that, like dipping it in a coffee, I think like 270,000 views or something. Yeah, fucking metal. Um, so I definitely pop. So like, I, I'm on a mission just to find other random shit I can eat. Yeah, there's like, it works. Yeah, exactly. It's just interesting. And I think a lot of the time now, whenever people are scrolling, they don't, you don't like to say it, but they're escaping from their lives. They're looking at entertainment. And I, have, I don't mean that. Like I'm the same. Like you're sitting on the couch, you're not on tally, you start scrolling. You're wanting a laugh. You're wanting entertainment. You want to turn around to your partner and go, Look at this cunt eating a fucking 10,000 calorie croissant. Where's that? Can we go? And then it makes you like a positive thing because then yeah. you're known as like, they're not going to follow you because say they go and do something like that or they're like, look at the life this person. It's it's not like... It's always inspirational, right? Rather than... It's like, different. Inspirational eating croissant. Eating well, no, but, 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 but it, it, yes, it's different, yes. right? Uh, like, absolutely. What, what people don't want is to be the fucking nine to five fucking mentality, which most people do. And like that vanilla lifestyle, which is what we spoke about. What would you say has been the big thing for you in terms of building your cult audience if, even if you say you looked at like uh social media stories for example because I, I like i see a pattern in terms of what you do every day yeah exactly um, yeah it's because you're you're really tuned in from a business front like people will see like really good example of this is i have like the one hand club i call it and i flip energy it, drink i flip a tin and i crack it one hand and you can guarantee your fucking ass safe in about 24 months i'll have a tin of energy drink do you know what i mean so it's like seen long term now the thing is I naturally always cracked that one hand and then I turned around to my sister one day and was like watch the king and, and caught it and flipped it but I, like, I dropped it two or three times beforehand and then naturally now I can't I can't drink an energy drink without doing that I feel it wrong so it is just me being a moron I remember the first I remember the first time I done it I didn't do it with an energy drink I done it with a tin of seven up in my house and I fucking splatted it burst everywhere and it fucking cracked and my ones were cracking up so it was like a complete shit show so it's one of them things like it, it's like constantly that then I'm doing Joe push-ups in the morning I'm doing cold showers and people are like this is all a bit extreme but it's like you're either with me or you're against me and that's that's the way I want it I don't want you being in the middle like as you said vanilla like don't get me wrong I like a vanilla ice cream I don't love it I, I would rather you turn around and go he's a ball bag then he's alright like no love me or hate me and I think not being afraid to offend people because you want to help people whenever you know you've got the right mission and vision is I don't care if I offend 50 people if I help a different 50 because they're not the people I could help anyway and me being in the middle is not actually serving anyone and I always think about how do I serve because for me I've always had the least fulfillment when I've chased money I've chased followers whenever I go in with the idea of serving and giving I always get more back so it's almost selfish in a way because I always get more from it but that's probably the best way the cult it, it's really making sure that like I've done a training I remember doing it before for the, the clients and it was on community v cult and the difference is like Really good example is this, and people will be like, oh, is Andrew Tate. Really good example. Everybody knows who he is. He's got a huge cult. Love or hate him. 
and some of that that's your own opinions down to you but don't say you don't know him don't say he doesn't make good money don't say he hasn't got a worshipping crowd now I'm not Andrew Tate but it's one of the things of like it's the same as like even the Liver King like he polarised a lot of people but like people knew he wasn't I'm not saying lie and all this shit but it's a case of like how do you do that in a micro scale like for example I have a client uh, Daniel Dorgan and like he always drinks flat whites and I was like just call it something different I was like anything it can be anything and I was like, and just constantly call it that because then when people see a flat white, they will assume it's you. And I goes, how often do you fucking see one I am? And it creates that like, where naturally you start getting associated with more than just that. Do you know what I mean? Like, whereas like a wolf howl now, like me howling, immediately people are like, what the fuck? Or a headband. Like if somebody else is in the gym doing funny reels with a headband on, I get tagged now. Even if they're from the States or something, they're like, who's this wanker trying to be Tony McAlevey? And you're like, even if he is trying to be me or not, it's like, that's my cult and I think you only it's it's hard to do that because you really have to know who, who you, you are and that takes a lot of work and I went through a lot of shit where I've tried to be over people I've had relationships and you just have to get really settled in yourself and the one thing is like as a single man now at 20 see putting up all that stuff on Instagram that's almost like women repellent so you need to realise as well as it is though like what woman's going to click on my Instagram and go do you know what I really fancy that lad that howls make mum's jokes and wears a headband like that's, that's not happening do you know what I mean so it's one of the things where but at the same time, I am that wing nut. So if anybody does find that trap, they're going to be my sort of person. But the thing is, a lot of people don't like showing that side. Really the, that side of them, like, and like I remember being like uh, to my sister, we were talking about, it, and she was like, "Oh, like, wonder what your dating life will be like getting back in the game and stuff." And she was like, "And I was like, I probably go live in the first date for a laugh." And she goes, "You, you may as well let her in on, on what way you're going to be." And she was like, "You actually would go live on Instagram in the first date." And I was like, "Yeah," because I goes, "That'd be hilarious." And I was, imagine me turning around going, this is the first date, live on Instagram, 500 people. People are like, what the fuck? And it's not for the gram, it's because I am that sort of moron. Like, I'm just wired and see what happens. And it's, they're better seeing that real version of you early, but it's that's how you know I'm not doing it for the views, the likes, the followers, the money, the women. Because, like, that's not what it was there for. Well, it's just your personality, right? It's just who I am. And I think the take-home point for everyone listening to this, that's not something you can... I can't replicate what you can do, but people can still take inspiration from what you can do to be the greatest version of themselves and not be afraid to put themselves out there. Because one of the interesting stories before I started my online business, when I first started, there was numerous people who were like, who the fuck does Charlie think he is? Why is he doing this? And anyone who's starting the business is going to have that point where they're like, fuck, all these people are giving me shit. Or even like as business starts to grow, more people will start giving shit because you come different. And it's funny, as you said, because I was actually looking at my Instagram this morning, and it's like, I'd suddenly had a fucking load of trolling comments overnight about, like, wearing small shorts, or, like, you're fucking too oh, small, or, like, you dress like a fucking dickhead, or, like, whatever it would be, or, like, nice hair. And then, um, and I actually, I thought of you, and I was like, there's probably a lot less fucking shitty comments than Tony gets. Yeah, they're good comments. That's like, oh, you're That's too, you're too handsome. Like, whereas I get like, why is Frodo on the gear? <laughs> and some of the comments I read, the hits, I'm like, well, that's, that's quite funny to be fair. Oh, I mean, it's funny as fuck. And the thing is, like, I find them all so funny because I know, like, it's just people giving me shit. But sometimes they be like, what's with that weird ear? Because like, I have a bit of a, like a, a pointy, like, there's a wee bit of like a cauliflower. It's like a point, but people are, like it's pot elf. Yeah, people be writing elf's shit like that forever. Though, yeah, right? people be writing shit like that. But the thing is, like, even with you, like your content, like. If you were to come on and almost like be like, I'm fucking the new Johnny Bravo and talk off sunglasses or something, it'd be like so, it'd be so, like I couldn't do that. You, you, you would, it, would, it could be a completely different series on how you do that based on what, the way you look. And like, 
I couldn't mimic that. I've one. had a lot of Johnny Bravo jokes in the back in the past, to be fair, as well. So. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's one of the things where, like, it's because you're big, strong, and you've got, like, the blonde hair. So, the thing is, you could just lean into that and be like, a couple of hate comments and go, I've been getting a lot of hate that I'm like Johnny Bravo. So, I'm going to go fully into this. And then, naturally, you start building a cult. But as you said, it doesn't even have to be like, you have to now start drinking flat whites. You now have to start drinking energy drinks. It's like, what do you do on a day to day basis that's born, but adds up and it's different? Do you know what's so interesting that I had. Shout out to Joe, the videographer who was filming with me this morning. Came around my apartment, filmed all this stuff. And he's like, "Your life's fucking baller. You just don't show anyone it. Like the stuff you do, is so interesting. Like in my office, I've got like fucking red light therapy lamps and those weird shit. Yeah. And like he's like, "Why don't you show? Because like for me, that's just become normal. Which is why I'm going to do a lot more like long format YouTube probably from January. But I need to get back into. Yeah, that's really good. Because like the red, like what's the red light about? Uh, so shout out to my friend Frank DeBlanken who recommended this. So I bought like a red light therapy unit. I think it was like two grand and I basically put it next to my desk in the morning sit there in my pants for like 30, 45 minutes when I'm working <laughs> but it helps with uh, mitochondria function improves energy recovery everything just like well-being and I was like well it's really easy for me just to fuck it I'm sitting there anyway so I was like all the research says it works so I was like fuck it I'm just going to get one and do it every day and for me that's like the marginal gains of small effects of like how you can add these things up Yes, I take shit loads of other nootropics and loads of other crap as well, and currently taking like nasal fucking peptides, loads of other stuff for cognitive <laughs> function. But it's like I like to experiment and push stuff to the limits. But it's probably stuff like that more that I should probably show more. See for different. me, like fair enough, I'm probably not gonna buy your coaching program or vice mm. versa, like you and buy. But while keep me watching you is not when you talk about your fitness or you talk about that. I want to see what your dog looks like. I yeah, want to see... Cat. Yeah, like, people don't watch... I always relate it back to this. Like, people don't watch the Kardashians for the knowledge they're given. They watch it because they're like, I want to see what her fucking kitchen's like. Oh, what the car's like. Or, uh, like, yeah. It, people are nosy bastards. But it's also one of the things where, like, I want to see your life, what you're doing. It's like people wearing the nasal strips about it or wearing the... Uh, you're giving me the real you, and I think that sells. It's like whenever I'm going on, like, a loon tech, and then you see me laughing at it, it's like, there's no pressure here. It's like... It's that whole side of it. And I think for you, the more that you... It's opening up too. Like, it's allowing yourself to get that. A lot of people don't like that in the online space, whereas I I just don't give a And f- it's funny. I probably have gone the other way. I opened up a lot, and then because I came so business-focused, closed up because I was just focused on other stuff and just didn't want to think about it. Yeah. Um. So then my stories almost became quite manufactured, which worked from a sales point of view. But I think that lost some of my, like, cultish following that maybe I had at that point. Because I closed off a lot, if that makes sense. And then I think long term that affects like your likes, your shares, mm. your reach. Because like I always say, like following whenever you're selling all the time, it's like killing the, the calf before it turns into a cow. Whereas like I never really sell. Like I only launch the app three times a year, and it's like every three or four months I'm just raising this big motherfucking cow to then get slaughtered. I'm not calling my audience slaughtering, but I only sell once. Then do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not calling everybody fucking cows. Get fed to the slaughterhouse. Yeah, but it's one of them things where that makes sense. Then Joe, whereas a lot of people overshoot it, and I think it's one of them things where like. For me, I would rather people tune in and actually give a fuck and like it and enjoy it because I just feel like that's what's... That, to me, is, like, what's missing right now in, like, every... Like, what separates you from every other coach out there? It's, like, your personality, your small tweaks, and that's where most people are missing the actual key thing. Like, the only difference between us is what I'm putting on my stories. And I feel like people don't understand that, yes, reads and content's great, but the stories is actually where you connect with an individual. Like, anybody that's following me any time period knows what my mum looks like, they know what my dad looks like, they know my tiny dog, they know how, they know my routines, they know me. So who are you more likely to give money to? Somebody just putting up a before and after, or somebody that puts up a before and after, but you know everything. They document their life. Right? You know their morals and values on every level. Here's an interesting one. So, like, within our mastermind, we have a lot of, like, 
fitness influencers who are crushing it influencers who are very good with IG have very high story reach but they only post like one story a day so they can maximise obviously the reach they get but then I think there's a blend of doing that plus documenting what you do on other days because otherwise you don't get to be transparently show who you are if that makes sense you're you're not an Instagram page you're a business page and do you want to be an influencer or do you want to be a business exactly and I feel like actually the best blend is probably like there's your balance. Like, if you're influencing, you're putting up discount codes, you're just asking kill your engagement. Yeah, but, and if you're just putting up before and after, you're like, mate, please stop shoving fucking coaching down my throat. It's like trying to get that blend of, like, where you're helping people, you're allowing them, you're opening the door and going, you're welcome to come in, but I'm not going to force you in. And it's also that thing of, like, but here's where I am. I think it's the know you, the like you, and then the trust you. They're, like, three separate entities. They're, like, I know you because of the rails. I like you because of your stories and I trust you because I can actually... Yeah, ex- and I think that blend is what you, what you get. Whereas what I usually notice is people have two out of the three or one out of the three or they've just... And that's the reason why they struggle to scale sometimes on a marketing perspective organically uh, compared to like paid. Because like it's all well and good getting somebody in your pipeline. But like, I don't know about you, but like for me, I always relate back to whenever I hired, my, hired Joe Jeffrey. He's my coach. Like I watched him for months before I bought from him. Yeah, you stalk him, right? Yeah, exactly. So you think about, like, did that happen to you or your coach? Uh, yeah, pretty much all like, of them. Like, yeah, exactly, because you want to know who you're getting into bed with. And I feel like it's one of the things where people don't think of their customers like that. You don't think of your coaching clients like that because, or anyone like that, but they do the exact same as you. People in your following right now are watching everything you do and they're going, he's not for me, or they're going, oh, I love this man. And then all it takes is one thing for you to say and on a personal, and they just immediately go, that's it, I'm just messaging him or that. Whereas if they never get that personal connection, it's like, well, who the fuck are you? You're just this dude with abs, it's a ball bag. Whereas I'm like, if you join my coaching, you know what my check-ins are going to be like. I'm like, yes, bro, what is happening? And I'm like, right, I hope the week's fucking good. I'm like, hope you planned your downtime. Hope you had a good fucking weekend. And you're like, this cunt's fucking nuts. But I'm like, that's me. That's who you're going to get. Whereas I openly turn around to people like, and I'd be like, oh, I'm not for you. Like, You're way too serious. Like, If I'm talking to you, I'm like, you're going to hit me because I'm going to turn around to you and say like, if you do something stupid, I'm going to go, that's stupid as fuck, why did you do that? And I'm going to make you answer that question because that's what I, that's the way I respond. When somebody goes to me, why did you do that? That's thick as fuck. And I go, yeah, no, I'm a moron. Whereas if somebody butters me up and smooths, it doesn't do it. I'd rather you turn around and go, that reel was dog shit. Then go, it wasn't one of your, it wasn't one of your better ones. I'm like, no, tell it's me. yes or no, right? Give me the fucking, if it's not hell yes, it's a fuck no. And I think it's very clear. The content side is something that's, I just feel there's not enough time spent. And I went to Dale Beaumont before. I found him very interesting. He scales like seven figures to eight figures. And he says that like marketing and sales is your accelerator. Everything else is your break. So delivery, everything else. The more you can spend on marketing and the more time you can put in that on every level, that's when your business really scales because he goes, everything else can realistically be delegated. The only thing you can't do is put your head onto somebody else's fucking body and you need to be the front. Uh, yeah, without that, and that's why, to be fair, I'm spending all my time fucking doing this right now. Yeah, that's what you should do because nobody else can do that. Nobody else can actually take your seat in the podcast. Okay. Somebody else can edit, clip, do coaching, do everything. And I think it's that, where, where where should your energy be going then? And whereas I feel like people tick the box with content, whereas I'm like, what is the only thing that matters to you? It doesn't matter how many check-ins I have. Well, what comes first in the business? Content. Marketing. Getting actual leads. It doesn't even matter if I'm not closing all leads. Like, I have too many. Like, my main issue right now is, and I talk about this with my business mentor, and I talk about it this with, like, constant. My main issue is I have too many leads. That is the best problem ever because I hammer marketing so hard that I haven't even fucking worked on systems. So I've got my own problems. But, like, I've never heard of many other coaches with that problem organically where they're like, I have hundreds of leads. Like, I know people that are out by my 
my followers and my Facebook posts and all them because they're like there's so much money sitting here like their strategy is go to Tony McLeaf he's an outbound them because they're, they're dying for it and he won't reply to them comments going I've tried to get coaching from him for the last 20 emails and no reply Joe you know, stuff I got but it's that sort of issue and I think that overlaps and it's like people are ticking the box of it whereas you need to realise you're not a coach anymore you're content owner, right? yeah you're a content creator as, as much as that sucks if you're not you're not but I think it's trying to balance that agreed um, I think that's a solid note to wrap things up. Best place for people to find out more about you, Tony? You got your own podcast as well? Yeah, uh, my own podcast is The Muscle and the Hustle. It's quite mindset focused, like the stuff we've done the other one. Yep. And yeah, you just find me at Tony McAlevey. You'll never spell my second name, so this will be the last you see me. I can't even fucking pronounce it. So <laughs> I'll put the link below. Uh, if you guys are sure you enjoyed that, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, make sure you leave us a review. Make sure you share the podcast so as we take a shot of value from this. Big thank you to Tony. And if you want help in terms of taking the business to the next level, hit the link below the podcast. You can book in a free call with myself and the team to find out how we can help you. And we'll see you next episode too.